Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Two Drink Minimum, the podcast that was canceled four times this morning, but we're back. Uh, the gentleman on your screen right now is comedy legend, Mike Ward. I am Mike Ward. You're Pantelis. That's me. Uh, the, our third Mike over there. The buffoon on oh. your screen. How you doing? Poseidon. And, uh, yeah, Poseidon. And we have a special guest today, the amazing uh, Mr. Jim Florentine. Hey, Jim, how's it going? Welcome, Good, Jim. man. Thanks for uh, having me on. Thank you for fucking doing being, this. I, I don't think me and you ever met before. Yeah, we met uh, years and years ago at the at the Comedy Works. Oh, okay, at uh, Jimbo, Jimbo's old room. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay. I love that room, man. I miss that place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember you were amazing that night. This, like, well, you, I guess you're good every night, but the night I saw you, it was amazing. It was even better yeah. than usual. That was the only place I could perform in Canada. That's the only place they would let me for a while, so I like that room. <laughs> It was crazy too, because those were the years that you were uh, um, you were on Stern a lot. So everyone, like between every bit, we're just yelling "Baba Booey," and I was like, "How the fuck does he not murder people between his jokes?" You're just telling him, "I'm not that. I'm not Baba Booey." <laughs> I know. I would tell him, like, you know, that was my nickname. But all right, I get it. You're like Howard Stern. What do you want me to do? Bond? I know. I did. I was used to it at that point. <laughs> yeah it was funny because that was the i was looking at you going fuck i i would have lost it like a million times on stage but you were just acting like nothing was happening i had to i had no choice i've done a billion of those shows even the guys with those stern howard stern comedians like artie lang and all those guys so i was used to them just being animals and yelling the whole show hey when is uh um uh, the new season of crank anchors uh starting yeah, it's it's on. I think this is the last week of original shows. This oh, time. really? Thirty. I don't know how it is in Canada on the states. It's it might be a little different. I know it was really popular back in the day in Canada. The show. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's back, and uh, yeah, the last episode of the new season is tomorrow night on Comedy Central in the states, and then we're gonna do another season at some point. We booked up for another season. So. Are you still doing a special ed? We're trying. I do another character on that Bobby Fletcher. It's just my voice. Okay. But, uh, you know, I used to do two characters, that and special ed, but, you know, times have changed over yeah. the last 12 years since the show got canceled. And we're trying to get it past the censors. We did, I did a bunch of calls for special ed, and they're work, they said they're working on it. That was the last I heard. They want to do it, you know, the people at the, behind Crank Gang. It's just a matter of getting it past, you know, the big-time people. You know, I tell them, like, well, you guys live in a bubble on Hollywood. Most people don't care about this. Yeah. Well, you'd be surprised, so. Jim. You'd be surprised. I mean, you guys have uh, your shit in order now. At least you're coming out of New York right now, right? Everything's fine over there, I see. Yeah. No well, one's I'm overreacting. Pretty, yeah, pretty close to New York. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's chaos, but, <clears throat> you know, I don't know what the hell's going on, man. 
Yeah, we uh, we had an interesting time this morning. Uh, one of our fans had tweeted a photo of us in, in cop uniforms as like a way to promote the show today. And then uh, some uh, open micers were commenting saying, you guys are for police brutality. You should be ashamed of yourselves. They started like a Facebook rant apparently that we should get canceled because uh, if someone makes art of you as a police officer, it means that you want to beat people up as a police yeah. officer. So just nonsense this morning, Jim. Just and I like how they're they're trying to cancel us. We're on YouTube and iTunes. Yeah. So, <laughs> so who the who the fuck's gonna cancel us? <laughs> yeah, it was like when I, I remember Adam Carolla a few years ago made fun of some transgender people, did a joke or something like that, and they were starting to go after him. He's like, I own my podcast. What do you, you can't take anything away from me? It's my yeah. company. Yeah, it, they don't get, and also they, I think they just wanted to make the way I understand it. They're like, you guys should feel bad because we're yeah. responsible for this. Apparently, we're responsible for cops beating people up, as if we're for police brutality. As if comedians are for the state having this much power. Just idiocy. What's crazy is you've argued that um, many times that there should be less government and not more. Yeah, obviously, but these are like, you're against all that. Like I don't understand where they get these, that. these are imbeciles. So I don't, all right? I when don't the Brooklyn open mics you closed. Can be for yeah. Less government, but still at the same time want the government to beat its citizens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> doesn't make sense to me. See what happens when the open mics in Brooklyn sh get shut down? They got nothing else to do, and they take all their frustrations online. That's what It's happens. weird, though. When I started doing comedy, none of the other comedians would ever tell on each other, especially over, like, a joke or you guys in a cop uniform. Nobody ever did that. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like we were hiding, you know, hideous crimes. We just were like in it together and we just stuck together because everybody else was against us. The rest of the world, like these comedians, they shouldn't be able to talk on colleges or whatever, telling yeah. dirty jokes. So we all stuck together. And now you got this whole new wave of comedians just want to tell on other comedians. Yeah, I it's like, him. well, it's going to happen to you sometime, too. You're going to make a joke that's inappropriate, that someone's going to take the wrong way. Oh, you know, it you're did. You're setting the trend by doing this shit. It actually happened instantly because, like, in the thread, our fans caught some stuff that they had done that was questionable in the past. And they just started posting, like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? And they just started posting them. And I was like, I didn't want, because I really didn't want this. But, you know, if that's, uh, you know, you start a war, you can't be inside a fucking glass house. We will destroy it. It is a stupid, yeah. stupid glass house. So, yeah, Jim, apart from that, you're staying safe, right? You're, um, you're not too nervous about rioting. No, I mean, you know, I'm in the suburbs, so I'm not pretty safe where I am, you know, uh, but you never know. I mean, they're going all over. I think it's going to, I think a couple more nights and I think it's going to calm down. I think they're going to run out of energy. I'm yeah. hoping. Well, let's see, because every time I think it's going to calm down, I see crazy tweets from politicians just re reigniting it. Yeah. You know, everyone's blaming on each other here in the States. You know, the one side's blaming the other side, the other side's blaming the other side, so... You know, when you have a politician making a decision about whether to go outside and open up with the coronavirus or about, you know, should the cops get involved and arrest these people protesting and the punks that are breaking windows? Yeah. And they don't want to lose one vote if they make a decision either way, then nothing gets done. And that's mm. what's going on here. Yeah, I noticed that they're, they're like right on the fence because they're scared to speak out, especially I, I saw a lot of those videos of like those black women yelling at white ladies that were spray painting Black Lives Matter and breaking uh, Starbucks. Like, what the fuck are you doing? And they would turn around and be like, we're doing this for you. Right. <laughs> and she's like, I never fucking asked you. Get the fuck out of here. We're going to get played for this. And, but then people are just scared to take sides. It's like, well, if I go against them, am I going against the entire group? No, no. You're going against hooliganism. Yeah. Mm. yeah what kind of rational person wants 
any minority or any non-minority to get beat up by cops. No rational like person that, wants that. That, yeah. that poor the poor homeless guy that had his, his mattress burnt. Set on fire. Yeah, it, no, no, the yeah. mattress was there to help him. They set his belongings on fire yesterday in uh, Houston, I think it was. Jeez. And oh, then they no, brought him. Austin. In Austin, another homeless guy's yeah. mattress. They threw it on top of it. And then that caught fire too, so everything was on fire. And then they're just filming it. That's the thing. They're cheering and filming it. No one's helping. No. And then we're the bad guys for making fun of him. Yeah. And then there was a video today, though, of that homeless guy. Apparently, uh, people raised a lot of money for him, and he was thanking people. He was like, you, you raised so much money for me. Thank you, blah, blah, blah. But he's still wearing the same fucking shirt, and you could tell he just shit his pants like three minutes <laughs> oh, ago. Wow. So I don't know how much money they raised for him, but it's just going to go into crack. Well, how's yeah. he going to get the money? He's like, thank you for the check. I do not have a bank account. Yeah, oh, yeah I, don't, I don't think he has Venmo. Yeah, exactly. yeah he's not going to get that shit PayPal. He's, uh, someone else has taken that. By the way, I think one of my dreams has to do with uh, the current situation, the writing and all that. All right, yeah, because you had two, you said, and I like, I had, uh, that's a very good segue. Yeah, you've been you, busting you, our yeah. balls about these fucking God dreams damn. since before we started working. What happened? <laughs> Well, look, I'll explain to you because, like, I had these dreams last night and they were very strange. So the first one being, um, so we were in public. It was me and uh, Pantelis. And there was this uh, very cute girl to my left, but she was very, like, SJW, Antifa, like, that kind of mentality. You know what I mean? And I was hitting on her in the dream. And then... Because she looked uh, like a little boy and that's how I like him. No, no, no. (laughs) And then I turned to my right. And then I turn to my right, and uh, Pantelis, he's like... Uh, Stop in speaking my dream, about me in the like, third fucking person. I'm right here, bro. And, and then, yeah, yeah, and then you're like, uh, and then you're like, you're doing this. Okay. Like, no good. And then it cuts, my dream cuts to me ditching her. We had a date or something, and then a riot breaks up, breaks out downtown. And in the dream, I had a really, really long dick <laughs> that I wrapped around my waist <laughs> that was a like weapon, a and the head... Yeah, and the head was like a wrecking ball. And basically when the riot broke out, I went in running through the streets with my dick out, swinging it like a wrecking ball and hitting uh, people looting stores. This is a human being. <laughs> this, is, this was one of my dreams. I woke up very confused. <laughs> so, These are the yeah. rambling thoughts of a psychotic. <laughs> what the, that's what you were so eager to tell us that you're fucking mental. Bro. Well, no, because, like, I woke up, like, what what the fuck was that, you know? So I got to, like, I don't know. I had to I had to say it to someone. What I had was to get happening off my to fist. people, like, in your dream when you were cock-slapping them? I was just whacking them. Were they saying anything? <laughs> were, were, were they falling, falling down? Or yeah, they... they were just falling down. Just And I was, like, I was fighting the people breaking into stores and looting and breaking businesses and stuff. Now, what about the girl you were trying to hit on? <laughs> I, I ditched her. I ditched her. <laughs> yeah, she wasn't <laughs> impressed by that. I don't know. That's that's the images I've retained from my dream. Imagine so. the ones he didn't retain. God damn. <laughs> what did you drink last night? Nothing. <laughs> I just drank some water and went to bed. Oh, that's a little excessive, though. Besides, honestly, that's a little fucked up. Yeah, it uh, is. Very etrange. And what was I'm your a little second? worried. I think I should go see a psychologist. Yeah, well, they're closed I right think, now. Yeah. You should have had that thought 18 years ago, I think. <laughs> You know what I found out, Jim? I, I don't know if they're reopening, uh, I guess, around New York right now, anything. But I found out that this whole time I was told that essential services are open here. And so we opened up uh, liquor stores, uh, marijuana dispensaries, you know, groceries are all open. But I found out from a buddy who is toothless now that dentists were still closed. So selling alcohol was considered essential. 
But this guy's walking around toothless. Guido was walking around toothless the other day because the dentists are fucking closed. It's anarchy. There's no that logic behind a, this. I think in the States, I think they can, a couple dentists are allowed to open for emergency service only. So, but in Canada, so they won't even let them open. No. Well, I, I mean, in Montreal, at least, uh, apparently they're not right. open. Because I was telling him, wow. what the fuck happened to your tooth? Just go get a glued. He's like, I tried, bro. They're fucking closed. <laughs> it's yelling. Yeah, Guido Grasso, he's, uh, he's toothless now. He's walking around with one fucking front tooth missing. I think that's just a Montreal thing, though. If he went out like toothless. anywhere else in Canada, they'd fix his tooth. Or yeah. it might be a racist anti-Italian thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, you stay like that. We're not I helping. See, I, I super glued a front tooth, and it broke one time when I was eating a sandwich right before a show. Fuck. And I, like, oh, and I went and I got super glue at the store, and I just put it on, and I put held it in there, and it, it stayed for like three days till I went to the dentist. Did you glue it to the gum? I know it broke in half the tooth. Oh, okay. So you were lucky, yeah. Like three quarters of it. So I just pushed it back on the regular tooth. And my, the dentist was furious that I used, you know, oh, super glue no. in my mouth. But I'm like, hey, I had shows to do. I couldn't. How am I going to do a show with my whistling as I'm telling jokes? Do you know, I was telling them, Jim, uh, years ago, my mother, she didn't want to sue them, but she was at the dentist. Uh, and I had the same dentist. It was an Asian lady who was always on the phone when she was doing stuff. Like uh, one time I was doing a root canal, it was painful, and she was telling ghost stories like this with the phone, telling ghost stories about her grandma with, I don't know if it was her friend or her sister or whatever. And then my mom went in for something, and they had done like a plaster in the front. It was like taking a mold of her teeth or something, and they left it in there. And they went, they had a conversation, they forgot about her, and apparently that thing dried up. So then they tried to pull it out. They tried to pull it down, and it was already too stuck. So it came off and broke off the other side. She, it smashed her other teeth, broke those off, I think it was the bottom Jeez. that broke the, the top, actually. And she was screaming. Yeah, her teeth were out. They, they were going crazy. She was asking them to, to call me, and they were refusing because they knew me. They're like, no, 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 don't call your son. Don't call your son. He's going to go crazy. And yeah, this whole thing, she, they, they tried to fix her stuff up for free after. And I told her to sue, but she never wanted to sue them. It destroyed her mouth. Yeah, yeah those things, I've had those molds done, you know, with stuff. And yeah, they, you got about three minutes before you got to take that out. Even at three minutes. You feel like your all your teeth are coming out. So if they left that in long, oh, they left it long. She said they're having conversations. She had no clue, so she can't tell them. Hey, this is going to. She doesn't know what they're doing. So then the plus, guy, she's got a thing in her mouth. Yeah, how's she going to talk? And he, he he came in like rushing, like oh shit, whatever. And the Chinese lady was like scrambling. They pulled it and broke the other the, the other teeth. Yeah, she was traumatized for a bit. Yeah, it's only lighthearted stories today. It's riots and teeth breaking. Yeah. So Poseidon, what was the second dream? I'm curious. Uh, the second dream, I opened up a very exclusive and uh, luxurious uh, whorehouse. Jesus, okay. And you can only get into it by sliding. The, 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 there was a roof entrance. And Did you enter, have any employees or, or it was like a one-man show? No, no, no. I, I am the whore. Employees. Okay, one-man operation. And the only way you can enter was there was an entrance at the roof with a slide going down and you can only enter uh, the whorehouse by sliding from the top so it's just for batman from... uh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just for that's batman. pretty that's pretty cool you go down a slide and then you go get a blow job yeah <laughs> and it was all like luxurious it was all like greek themed like there was pillars all over the place and bronze statues and shit and it <laughs> yes. was like <laughs> there was pools, there was uh, bathtubs, and you can even get a haircut. You could get a for women. Women could, were also able to get pedicures. Like it was a, like an all inclusive whorehouse that you can do anything. All I like how he said it was anything. Greek themed. He's like, there's a lot of guys there, a lot of dudes. <laughs> I didn't really question it. <laughs> now, why was why was there no front door? Yeah, 
I don't it's know, man. Honestly, it's my dream. I have no clue. <laughs> That's how my dream was. So that was the second one. And I, you I think woke in up your again. dream, like since you're like this very luxurious, you're like, how do rich people live? Yeah. <laughs> rich people slog into so? their living room. That's what we should have. You think I probably saw like a video, like a Instagram video of a really rich person's house and he had a slide in it. And in my dreams, like my brain just put two and two together. I think, I think you saw a cartoon of Richie Rich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's Scrooge a pole. <laughs> There's a room you can swim in coins. It's amazing. Jim Poseidon is—he's uh, a little bit younger. He's—he's a, he's a bit mentally uh, deficient. So he's oh, kind of—he's kind of like our our um, connection to like actual millennial millennials. Like not even—I think even later than millennials. you're pretty young. How old are you? Uh, I'm 26. So he knows uh, all the lingo. He understands. Yeah. He's—he's our key to them. He's our gateway. And for yeah. us, he represents the youth. This is the future, Jim. He's the yeah, future. Yeah, yeah. Right. He should, I mean, but he seems like he's all right if he's a part of this show. Yeah. Not on the other side. Yeah, he's, he's, Which he's, a lot of those millennials are. You know, they, they get offended very easily. Oh, no, he takes a beating here. He's I, don't, a good I don't get offended. No, no that's good. There should be more of you. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm always impressed when I find young guys like that that still like busting balls and telling dirty jokes. You know what I mean? And drinking beers and like going to a strip club. I'm like, man, that's fucking, you got raised well. Yeah. <laughs> you guys still have a lot of those in New York, though. I think in the States in general, they're, they're a little bit still, like, tougher and kind of like, ah, fuck it, let's just do our, just don't be an asshole and we're good. Here, people, I feel like they're a bit more scared now. They're kind of like, oh, no, but that's kind of frowned upon. So they're, they're kind of hesitant to be themselves. Yeah, well, you mean, you're talking like strip clubs? No, no, in general, just in general, the way people in are general, like him. Yeah, yeah, I know. He's, he's not scared to be himself despite all the people around him in his age group. Yeah. Um. Kind of hating that about him. They want him kind of to be a bit more of a phony. And I mean, he is what he is. He's a very flawed gentleman, but he doesn't hide it. No. Nor yeah. can he. No. <sighs> you know, unfortunately, you know, you know, a lot of comedians when they took that route, like whatever they needed to do at that time, yeah. just you know, are just mediocre. They just fell in the middle. They never went anywhere because they just followed trends. I remember a guy, a comedian, like 2006 in New York City, going. Hey man, my agent said don't be edgy anymore. And I'm looking for edgy comedians, so I'm not gonna be edgy. I go, why would you listen to a, a fucking agent? He didn't know Zorni. And meanwhile, the guy just took all the edge away from his jokes and he just fell into obscurity because he was funny and he was different, you know what I mean? But mm. he just listened to some guy because he's trying to get on a TV show. And now the guy's basically out of the business because of that. Yeah, mm. I don't know what the fear is of being you. I mean, especially in what we do, people come to us for us, for that special. You're you're the only Jim Florentine. Mm. If you're one of fifty. What the fuck is going to make you special? Why do people buy tickets to come see the same shit they would have seen last week with another comic? It's absurd and to me. You know how much I must suck to to like change everything about your act so you can get on Fallon? And then you get on Fallon and you realize no one watches the fucking Tonight Show anymore. <sighs> oh, fuck. So, yeah, so you, you're like, I changed everything and no one even knows. I remember I went on Jimmy Kimmel's show probably 12 years ago when Crank Anchors came out and I plugged like I was at the Funny Bone in St. Louis or whatever. And I asked every audience, how many people saw me on the funny about two people over six shows? Wow. Oh, shit. Saw me on there. You know, nothing against Kimmel's show, but that just wasn't drawing people into a, into a comedy club, those late night spots anymore. So me doing a five minute, like you said, you, like you said, a five minute set on Fallon, changing everything you're about. You're not going to start filling comedy clubs all of a sudden. Mm. You're a dime yeah. a dozen. Yeah, and also real comedy fans, they have other options now, like on podcasting. Like, if, if it's much better for you to associate yourself with funny people 
that are already being watched, like you're gonna, there's gonna be more traction if you're on Barstool and people who like that and willing are going to pay money to come see you or Jim and Sam or anything, you know, with Comey, anything like that, then it would be to do a late night spot of people who watch it that aren't going to clubs. There's not, it's not the same people. It's not the same demographic that go to clubs that watch these shows. So it doesn't help anymore. It's, it's the system shifted. And if you're not ready to, I don't know, do a podcast, be yourself, be funny, and let the people that like you find you and connect with you, if you want to mold yourself into what they want on the on the TV, it's never going to work. It's not, never well, plus, you're, you're watering down a lot of your jokes, you know, to make yeah. them safe for TV. So they're not even seeing the best of your jokes. So if someone sees you at 11, 12.30 at night, laying in bed watching the last five minutes of a talk show, yeah. like, eh, he's all right. Eh. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't great. I don't know if I'd buy a ticket for 25 bucks to go see him. It was okay. Exactly. Meanwhile, I was like, let me show you what I can do in a club, but you can't see that on TV. Yeah. It's crazy how the networks still censor comics at 12 o'clock at night. <laughs> what, like, I, I, I'm trying to, for real, trying to figure out what they're thinking. Like, I guess it's the old mentality that there might be kids watching, but yeah. kids can watch the internet now. Like, you they're can watch. You, they're on YouTube all day. They're on their iPads or whatever. They're not yeah. watching Jimmy Fallon at one. At, you know, twelve twenty-seven when the comedian comes on. Yeah, and are, even are, if they are, are you, who gives a fuck? Like, what yeah. can the comedian say right now, especially on TV if he's on Fallon, that is going to destroy this kid's life that he can't look up himself? It, it doesn't make sense. We're, we're acting like we don't know the internet exists. When yeah. you were on, uh, when you were on Kimmel, were you doing a stand-up or, or you were on uh, like doing panel? I did panel because it was when Crank Angers came okay. out. Okay. But I've done other stand-up. I did when Craig Kilborn had his late, late, late show with Craig Kilborn. I did stand-up on there. I did George Lopez's show where I did stand-up. One good thing about both of those shows is they were just fans. And then when the booker said, we want you on the show, I go, okay, you want to see a set? They go, no, they trust you. Just let oh, us know awesome. if there's any jokes like that. that you think might we might have a problem with before you're set. I'm like, this is amazing. Yeah, that doesn't happen. <laughs> they didn't follow me around for 10 weeks critiquing, you know, taking jokes out. Like I was up at a Tonight Show at one point and I was passed, but then they had to see me and they followed me around. You know, I had to send seven different sets in. Like, don't say this word, try to say this. And it just wasn't working. I wound up never doing it. But I like those other shows where they just said, no, just be. And if it worse comes to worse, we'll just beep it out if you say something inappropriate, which was great. Oh, that's amazing. And then the good thing about doing a set like that is even if it's a show that isn't as big as like the Tonight Show, if, when you get it on YouTube, everyone can see it. And it's and a good you're set. closer to what you are for real than if you were doing the Tonight Show. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, look, there's a comic set. I've done 20 Jimmy Fallon's and Conan O'Brien's and, you know, sells 30 tickets over the course of six shows at a comedy club. So it really doesn't do anything. You really got to stand out. So, but yeah. if you want to write your act geared towards TV shows, late night TV shows, I, you know, hardly anyone gets it, you know, moves up in the world and starts selling tickets. Yeah, there was this sudden shift in uh, in the entire industry, and I guess some some people that you know we jumped on the bandwagon of of where the success was headed, they're fine. They didn't notice, and then other people who tried to adjust to the old, which was the late night. Okay, let me just get a late night spot, and then I made it. They're still trying. It's like um, they're just running in a fucking wheel like a hamster. And they see that it doesn't work. Just be your fucking self and create something. Let people come to you. What, what was the impact like uh, in uh, when you used to do uh, 
Howard Stern when when that show was really big. Mm. That must have been like huge, a, a game changer, right? It was the, it was like the Tonight Show with Carson back in the day. You know, a comic went on there, and then all of a sudden they had an agent and they were a star overnight. That's how much when he was on regular radio with like twenty million people supposedly listening. That's what it did for him to plug gigs on there. I was all of a sudden selling out. I was featuring in comedy clubs in, in the states. I went on there. I was headlining like city B and C, B and C rooms. So I had uh, 45 minutes to an hour, but I just, and I was featuring at like Funny Bones and Improvs. And I went on there, he plugged one weekend. I sold out six shows headlining. Fuck, bro. Because he took like the degenerates in. He took like the, the degenerate comics in and brought them in. And, and it's like, he gave them a home. You know, guys that were fucked, that had fucked up stories. He loved that stuff, you know, a little edgy and out there. So it was great for us. We're like, cool, we don't need any, we don't need Letterman and, you know, all that shit. If we, you know, because we'll never get on their acts are too edgy for that. But Stern was, and I like that crowd better anyway. Yeah. Because I grew up listening to them, you know. So I knew all those blue collar people would like to enjoy my material. And he was that, just that microphone. He gave you the mic. He presented you to everyone and you took advantage. You're like, oh, there's my people. I'm going to fucking yeah, roll with he, it. You know, he, Stern was great. Like, he, he'd take you under his wing for a few years and then set you go, let you go and bring other people in. Hey, man, I gave you a start. Now go take advantage of it. Goodbye. You know what I mean? And some people I can't get on the show anymore are mad at him. I'm like, hey, man, the guy gave me an unbelievable opportunity. Yeah. He made my career because of that. If the show has changed and he has different guests on and A-listers, that's fine. It's no big deal. I had my shot. I got my audience from it, and I moved on. And I got other stuff from it, so it worked out. Also, the show is different now. Yeah, In many like ways, it wouldn't make sense to go backwards. Yeah, he's older now. It's tough for, you know, a guy in his mid-60s to have a 19-year-old a, a come in. He says, take your top off. I'll see if you need yeah. implants or not. You yeah. know, that's kind of creepy. It's <laughs> in the mid-60s. You can get away with that till like, you know, about like early 40s, maybe. <laughs> it's, a, it's a different world. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's something very creepy about a 60-year-old telling a 20-year-old yeah. yeah. to squirt in yeah. front of him. <laughs> yeah, turn around. Let me see your ass. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Is your mom hot? You know, I used to love that shit. It was so taboo. Yeah. yeah. And then he's dancing on Ellen. Like, something here doesn't fucking fit in. There's something weird. <laughs> yeah, times have changed so much. Like, I remember when he was on, uh, here in Montreal, he was only on for like a year or a year and a half. But, um... He he did a thing once where a woman was having an orgasm, and uh, they 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 had that scene in in his movie Private Parts where the woman is the having speaker? an orgasm on the air, rubbing her clit on a speaker. And I remember listening to the radio and just jerking off, <laughs> listening to the radio, and I was like, "What the fuck? This is very different than all those morning zoos." Like I never. <laughs> Never thought of jerking off while listening to radio before. Yeah, you never yeah, listened to Steve in the morning. <laughs> he wanted yeah. to jerk off. Yeah, yeah, his, and his show was out of, so out of control. It was so ahead of its time, and it was great because it was so taboo to listen to. That's why I t totally loved it. It just pissed Middle America off. All people that were uptight hated him. Like that's even better. I love that. Yeah. You how know? how um how did you get on his radar? Um, you know, I, I put a prank call CD out with like all these prank calls, like when telemarketers would call my house. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just made one up. I printed it up myself just to sell all my gigs and try to get my name out there. And I gave it to one of the guys at the show, uh, Gary Delabati, the producer. 
I dropped it off to him. He goes, all right, if it's funny, we'll play it. That's all he said. I saw a stack of like 50 CDs on his desk. I'm like, he's never going to play this. I go, I got no shot. And the next morning he started playing. He's like, who is this dude? This guy's really funny. And that's how I got on there from there. He's like, he kept playing my prank calls on there. And then I came in and sat in a bunch of times. That's how I got on. I would have never thought. I just put it out just to get my name out there. I didn't. I was like, whatever. I'll just, you know, sell it after my shows. People maybe come back and see me or something. I didn't was, take a liking to it. Was Artie on there at that time or it was still uh, Jackie the Joke Man? No, it was after Jackie left. It was when all these different comics were coming okay. in. Okay. So, you know, there's a whole row. We didn't know they were going to hire anybody. They just said we're going to have different guys come in. So it was me, Doug Stanhope, Greg Fitzsimmons, Artie, Adam Carolla, Jimmy Kimmel, Chappelle, Craig Gass. Uh, I'm probably forgetting a few, but all of us were just rotating, sitting in that chair for like eight months. And then Artie wound up getting the full-time gig, but it was great sitting in the whole show and getting those plugs. They were golden. Yeah. It's cool that there was times like that where there was opportunity and there was kind of kingmakers where if you're talented and you can at least get it out there, you know, those old days like, here's, here's my CD, we can do it. And now it's a little different, but this whole do-it-yourself shit is still available now because of the YouTube, because of uh, all these podcasts. It's just no one can do it for you anymore. It's not that easy. But uh, it's cool that there was a time where as long as you're talented, someone's going to notice and fucking pick you up. Yeah. Like even uh, Burt Kreischer, you know, Burt was, you know, building. He was, you know, selling out a lot of shows at the rec at the clubs. And then he put that that, that famous story as about the machine, about that Russian, the whole Russian story with the yeah. Russian mob. He put it on Facebook. Just put the 20 minute, 15 minute story on there. And it, he just blew up from that story on Facebook. People have never even seen him before. Like, holy shit. That's when and they made the theaters. cartoons. Huh? So, some fan, I think, had made a cartoon of it online, of the whole yeah. machine story. And then, yeah, you're right, it just exploded. So he went from playing improvs to selling out theaters, just from putting, getting that out there on Facebook or wherever it was. And he found a whole new audience. And that was the thing that did it for him. Yeah. Are you doing... Uh, um Shows now, like they started doing shows in in Florida, and uh, are have you started doing shows yet or not yet? I did a comedy uh, drive-in show. Oh, that night. must have been oh with Aaron horrible. Berg. It wasn't that bad actually. Really? You know, they, they, these guys down in Atlantic City, um, they have this whole little comedy scene down there. And they contacted me a few weeks ago. Hey, we're doing drive-in comedy shows where we got a parking lot, and we set up a microphone on top of a. You sit, stand at, um, in the back of a pickup truck and they wired in like an old drive-in movie. So the sound is on their radio. And if oh. they like a joke, they beep. Oh, is it, the is the sound it, like instantaneous or there's like a couple second delay? It's, it's pretty much in, instantaneous, but they're beeping their horns. So you, you could see them laughing in their car because it's still light out. They do it like a seven o'clock show or whatever. But yeah, they're beeping the horn. So it's, it messes you up. But you don't have to stop because they can still, if you have a tagline, you could still do it over the beeps because they can hear it. <laughs> That's fucking interesting. It, it, was, it was weird. I said, you know what, I'll, do, I'll give it a shot. I, been, I wasn't on stage for like almost three months. And I'm like, I want to get up, man. I'm dying. I'm not doing anything on Saturday night. So I went down there. So I had a blast doing it. So it was I, fun. I love it. I remember one guy, one guy beeped at a joke. And I'm like, That's the first time you beeped. I know that beep. I didn't hear it the rest of the time. He's like laughing <laughs> in his car. 
I love how like this uh, pandemic has changed us. That if you told us that story six months ago, it would have been I did the worst fucking show ever. Yeah, these assholes were beeping, and now you're like, it was amazing. Yeah, <laughs> they no, were honking at me. I started my career off doing shit gigs, working at stri- between strippers at strip clubs and playing sports bars, and they wouldn't shut. They'd play off saw, uh, you know, off on the TV, and you had to do the show anyway. People telling you to shut up. They want to watch the game. So I, I started doing that. So it was almost like I felt like I went back to it. I, I thought about this the other day. I don't know why, because what I completed, I never got to perform at a strip club, but I've performed uh, same thing when they don't want me to be there. The screen's on. There's a sports fucking game happening and people are yelling, like, get off the stage. I never understood why they would still make me do my set. Yeah. Do your full time. Yeah. Like no one's, you fuck this whole thing up. You're letting yeah. them watch. They're not enjoying this. If anything, they're never going to come back here because they're pissed off because I'm ruining the game for them, but you're still forcing me to stay on and do my time. I don't get it. Either turn off the fucking TVs or tell me to go home. Yeah. No, I can't turn the TVs off to watch. People are watching the game or yeah. they won't throw the regulars out that are sitting at the bar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're regulars. I can't throw them out. They spent a lot of money here. I'm like, well, they're ruining the whole show. <laughs> I don't years know the ago, logic. Years ago, at Just for Laughs, they, they they wanted to do a thing where every bar in a certain neighborhood had comedy. And there was a strip club, and the strip club didn't want comedy. But they, <laughs> they signed a thing with Just for Laughs that they'd allow comedy if they could still have their strippers. So there'd be a stripper, then a comic, then a stripper, then a comic. And it was just the, it was the worst. Like, everyone knew it was going to be garbage. And it was even worse than what we thought it was going to be. There's uh, plus, like I was booked in the afternoon. There's something very sad about doing comedy in the afternoon in front of men that want to see naked women. And you get the yeah. Tuesday afternoon strippers. Yeah, you get the chubby strip strippers strip with the bruises. Day, you're, you're, if you're in a strip club during a day, like two in the afternoon, you got a lot of problems. You need yeah. fucking help. They're, they're there. You, yeah, I know. I know they're there. I mean, if you're I in a strip club <laughs> during the day, it's because you can't afford a gun to put in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that you're like, gone. okay, I'll, I'll drink my problems <laughs> away instead of shooting them away. I'll end this slowly. <laughs> yeah. Yo, you want to... Uh, but no, back to the Florida. So I got um, uh, Chad Zumak. I think he was on your show. Yeah, yeah we yeah. had him on. He just, did, he just did some shows down there in Florida. So it's 25% capacity. One of the clubs holds 360 people, so they have 90 people in there. And they did six shows over the course of the week. And, it, you know, they sell 90 tickets instead of 360. And it's going to go to 50% in a few weeks, two, probably two, three weeks. So then you'll get a half a room. So it's starting to slowly come back, which is good. Half a room is sounds good to me. Well, it depends. Right My question is, is it half a room and you could fill it the way you want? Or is it half a room and you have to have separation between No, they table? have to be separated. So, which isn't ideal for comedy. Yeah. You want people on yeah, top of each exactly, other. But yeah. he, he said that the crowds are just so happy to be back to normal, sitting at a table, laughing and, and drinking beers, that they're great. Well, because they know, want so. this, right? It's been fucking... We've had the quarantine. They threatened us with fucking killer bees. Now there's fucking police are killing yeah. people. There's there's riots everywhere. People need this. Yeah, people just want to yeah. shoot, you know just come out and hang out a bit, laugh. They've never needed comedy more. Yeah, yeah. I know. You you know what's interesting is before right before the riots, let's say a week before um th- that whole thing happened, people were talking about how maybe now cancel culture is kind of over because people are like, look, there's more fucking serious things than you being offended by someone not knowing eighty six genders, right? Uh, and then now it seems like it's shifting again. Now people are really getting offended over it. Like, we can't fucking 
stay the course. It would seem like. I knew it wasn't going to end. I told my friend, I said, maybe for the first week, people will be relaxed about that. I did, everyone's going to go right back to whatever they did before. So it's not going to be over. Yeah, we got, I, I, don't, I don't know what needs to happen. I think, I think there's going to be a total separation. I think there's going to be like this class of, uh, of comedian, yeah. this type of, and they're going to have their own section on the internet, their own fucking fans, their own clubs that they go to. And then there's going to be the full on safe space. Uh, come here, even if you're not funny. As long as you it, need to laugh, that kind of shit. It almost it almost feels like in America there's going to be two countries. Yeah, the states. Yeah, you guys have it worse yeah. than us. Yeah, I mean, look, everybody's real divided. But you know what? I I noticed that as long as you don't talk about politics on stage, you you know, pretty much the crowd's all into it, and they they they're sick of it, so they don't even want to hear it. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think that that I was up to the case up to the coronavirus, and I think when it comes back, they don't want nine comics having coronavirus jokes in a row if they're seeing a you know a set in New York City at the Comedy Cell or whatever. So that never yeah, people are divided in the United States when it comes to the comedy clubs. People aren't walking out more, and if, as long as you don't bring it up, I see when they bring people bring it up like uh, you know, most of them I go, come on, we just out to have a few laughs. So um, I still think we're okay in the comedy clubs. You know, I think we should all come together. We should all agree that when we see the first comic come out of this, go on stage and pretend to cough and be like, oh, don't be scared, guys. We need to beat him to death. And then after that, it's going to be fine. Just beat that hack to death because I know it's coming. I know I'm going to see it. I'm going to be at a club and say, are you guys nervous? Oh, get the fuck out of here. Just get the fuck oh, out of here. Oh, God. It's going to happen. No, I was telling Chad because Chad's like, I got to dress because he wasn't on stage for, you know, three months either. And he was doing a show like last Wednesday. And he goes, and he was just going to host because he got on the show late. So he goes, I got to address the coronavirus. I go, Chad, don't even address it. I go, every other comic is going to be addressing it. If you're hosting, you're going to have the feature and the headline. I go, hey, you're going to do those coronavirus jokes? Because oh. I'm going to do them the second show. I go, you, you know you're a hack right there. Yeah. The, all the comedians are fighting over a topic. I go, so don't just say, hey, man, it's good to be back on stage and then tell your jokes. And it's also a topic that you know everyone there is aware of. Nobody walked yeah. in the club and be like, "Where well, you guys yeah. been this past couple of months? I haven't seen anyone around." Like people it's, are it's not just there to forget about the virus too, <laughs> right? It, it's yeah. not like your job is just to make them forget how shitty everyone's life is right now. Yeah, they lost grandparents. Yeah. They lost jobs. Yeah, they're making like no money or half the money they were before. Uh. That, that's another thing I've been thinking about. Do you guys think it's going to, a lot of stuff's going to change in the landscape, even people that come out to our shows, just because there are a lot more unemployed people. Like, you know, all, all the stuff that we do is for entertainment and, you know, you're, you're thinking people have expendable cash to come out. But if the unemployment rate keeps rising, some people are going to be like, ah, fuck, I want to see them. But, you know, mm -hmm. uh, it's, uh, it's a weird time because we didn't have that the past couple of years, right? People are making well, the money. thing with what's going on in the States is a lot of people are getting unemployment and plus they're getting like $600 extra a week from the government. Okay. So people are making more money to stay home. Oh, shit. So you're allowed to I get thought, both. Here, here, I think yeah, they... Yeah, you're allowed uh, to get both. You're allowed to like the end of July. So my friend's daughter is a waitress at like a, you know, one of them fancy, one of those uh, Applebee's or whatever, one of those shitty chain restaurants. Okay. She makes $200 a week, so she's getting $200 unemployment a week, and she's getting 600 from the government, so she's making $800 a week. Oh, shit. One of my nephews is making like 980 a week between his unemployment and his, and the, from the government, and he was making like 300 bucks a week. Yeah, here I think you, you have to pick Poseidon. That's correct, right? You have to pick one or the other? 
Yeah. 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 You have to pick because, like, like especially I'm I'm upset because um, <laughs> when I got <laughs> laid off, more. I was uh, gonna make a killing these past three months. Like I was uh, rising pretty well because I also work on commission, and I lost on I lost out on all kinds of money. Like I would prefer to work obviously and then then unemployment but yeah you can only you can only pick one here and you're making so, less now w- way less way even less. though we're paying you to do this <laughs> yeah no no but i mean <laughs> from that aspect you know but uh but yeah well so look, that's hopefully crazy. when the, when this all the shit's over and everything opens back up the jobs are going to be back there that, yeah. you know there'll still be mm-hmm. jobs for everybody everybody can go back to a restaurant and people start spending money again or whatever so it won't be that that bad where everyone's completely broke because everybody's getting paid from the government mostly in, New Jer- in, in the states here. So they have money and they're not spending money because they're at home. So all they're spending money on is food, basically. So they're saving a lot of money by not traveling and going on vacations and all that shit, too. So hopefully it'll bounce back real quick all around the world or we'll allow back out again. Yeah, there's are a you, chance that we're Are scared. you in a house or an apartment? A house. Okay. Have you been like... Uh going crazy with the renovations or yeah yeah i just i just right before i was i was just at home depot getting mulch and stone and putting it down before i did okay. this, your show yeah yeah because i'm bored i'm like i might as well get this shit done i haven't done anything for two years around my house so i'll just go yeah I cl- i'm cleaning closets i'm like what happened to me i've erected a guest house <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you think maybe, remember uh, like a month and a half ago, they were saying the new normal. We're never going to go back to what it used to be. But I, you know what these riots are showing us? Because people are coming out together and they're close to each other. I think by September, people are going to give so little fucks about the virus. They're going to forcibly go back to how it used to be. They're going to be like, no, 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 no. I don't, don't want to sit across this fucking guy. Just sit me next to him. This is stupid. I think people are getting so fed up now that that might happen too. I think by September, people are going to be like, no, just get back to normal. I can't take this anymore. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, Chad said it's happening down in Florida. People are sitting right on top of each other. The bars are packed. Like, nobody gives a shit. You know what I mean? Like, it's business as usual. And then, you know, it's it's weird how the media is not saying that, that all these protesters and rioters are going to get the coronavirus in two weeks. Which anyone else that was outside, oh, my God, they're going to get the coronavirus. not supposed to be out. Oh, they don't mention that. No, the coronavirus uh, is scared of fire, apparently. There's, we it's didn't know fun. it, but that's the, <laughs> that's Most the viruses thing. go away in the summer anyway. So, yeah, could this thing come back late fall, early winter? Yeah. But most of the shit, any bad flus or whatever, are gone by the, once, once the warm weather comes around. So you see it. All the numbers are going way down. Plus, also, you I know, think so they're going they, way down because a lot of us, well, didn't die from it, right? Like, uh, the yeah. death toll, if you're not, you know, at risk, is very, very low. So I think that that also uh, contributes to everything going down now. And I, I like, I, Jim, I'm pretty sure that the only thing that we have to worry about is uh, who's going to book shows first. I think there's going to be some smart comics right now that are already calling clubs around to be the first. So the second the gates are open, they're, they're going everywhere. Uh, I was thinking about that yeah. before we got on. I go, should I fucking be calling places? Should I be booking while no one else is booking? Well, the thing is, it's like how many... We're gonna have to take a pay cut if they're only about to sell allowed yeah. to sell twenty five percent of the room. They're not gonna give us a hundred percent of our pay. So some spots won't be worth it to travel to. Well, look, you know, in the states you got Arizona, uh, Texas, Florida. There's a few different states that are already open at twenty five percent doing comedy for the last month or so. Then they're gonna be at fifty percent in a couple of weeks. Then they'll be at seventy five. So these other states are gonna have to start opening. And if you could fit, like Mike, you said before, even 50% is still not a bad room. If you can get 50% of tickets sold. Yeah. 
But it's going to be shit money. It'll be, just be doing it because you love doing it. Yeah. Look, if there's a vaccine for this thing, say October somehow, you know, there's a lot of good research about you never know, get a vaccine out there or it doesn't yeah. come back, then shit can get back to normal really quick, you know, by November or something like that. We'll have to take the, you know, eat it for a little while and take less money. And then if everything works out, you know, then we'll, then we'll be fine. You think this, this whole vaccine thing, I'm wondering, is it going to be a, a case where, let's say we're at the club. Are we going to tell people, look, you're free to come, you know, anyone we're selling out the club, but if you don't have it, it's your issue. Or are we going to be checking people? We're like, look, I got to make sure you no. have the vaccine. If, if there's a vaccine. It's uh, up to you to go out at your own risk if you don't want to take it. Okay. Because the people that are afraid of it all have had the vaccine and people that aren't afraid of it, if they get infected, they don't give a fuck. Yeah, because I remember seeing those uh, those rants on Facebook. If you don't, if this comes out and you don't get it, uh, I don't want your kids hanging out with my kids or you hanging out with me because you're putting well, us at risk. But I was like, but you got vaccinated. Yeah, what the get fuck your you fucking kids vaccinated and yeah. shut the fuck up and yeah. stop telling yeah. your neighbors. And if what you're to do. vaccinated, then you're not going to get it from. Yeah, exactly. Else. Yeah, so, well, that, that was my argument, but they made me feel stupid. I was like, maybe yeah. I just don't understand how vaccines work. Yeah, I think it. people just like judging everyone. And making others feel like garbage. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah. They love it. Yeah, that's a new normal, is making your neighbor feel like a piece of shit. Cause, cause, <laughs> yeah, because you had a barbecue. Yeah. yeah. A lot of rats. Everyone's ratting everyone out recently. Every, it's been going on for a while. You know, these new generation just telling on people, being a bunch of babies. Yeah, what does it change? Just don't go. You know what I keep telling people? If someone's having a barbecue and you're offended that has people over, don't go to the barbecue. Yeah. Exactly. It ends there. Your risk. That's that's your whole risk assessment is should I go to the barbecue or not? That's it. You don't have to call yeah. the cops. Especially and now, plus, you know, these cops might beat the shit out of your neighbors. You don't you don't want to take these risks. You can be responsible for that kind of shit. And plus, like if you're if you're uh afraid of getting infected, the more people get together, the more people get infected. So the quicker uh, we're going to get over this. Like, because they're, they're always saying how 70% of the population has to be infected before it can be safe for everyone. Yeah. So if all my neighbors are getting infected, that's fucking amazing for me. But, yeah. sorry, go yeah. ahead. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, called herd immunity. They used to do that back in the day with the chicken pox. They put all the kids together to yeah. get it and get it over with. Yeah. Like, just get the chicken pox now, and just let's spread it around the neighborhood. Everybody get it for five or six days, and then they're fine. And then you'll never get it again. Did you guys, I, I honestly I can't remember if I ever had the chicken pox. People were telling me if you get it as an adult, you could die. But I, I don't know if it, I had it's it. It's a lot more serious if you get it as an adult. So that's why they were always good. They wanted the kids to get out of the way. It didn't really affect them that bad. Yeah, I can't remember if I ever had it. Like, I, as far as my memories go back, I don't remember ever getting it. But I might have got it when I was really young. I have no idea. I never remember getting that shit. I think I did have it, but I'm not sure. It might have been herpes. It might have. <laughs> well, how, old, if it, how old were you? I went to my uncle's house for a month. Herpes. Then <laughs> social services found me. Herpes. <laughs> herpes. But now oh, they're yeah. changing the stats anyway. We were talking about this last week, Jim. They're changing uh, the stats too because they're saying, well, should we calculate everything as a COVID death? Because you're, it doesn't really kill you. What kills you is all the stuff that you get because of COVID, like, for example, pneumonia. And so it, so now they're, they're trying to take away the victims that COVID, you know, gained fair and square. So I have no idea what the hell's going on. <laughs> yeah, well, I know in the States, like, if they if it's designated a COVID death, they got the, the hospital got, like, 
$40,000 from the insurance company or something yeah. like that for each one. So some kid, 21-year-old kid that got in a motorcycle accident and dies in the hospital and they do an autopsy on him in the hospital. He, he tested positive for coronavirus. That was listed on their coronavirus death. That's... Yeah, it's they would very do anyone sketch. that tested positive that died in a hospital, they were putting it on their coronavirus death. No matter what it was, whether it was a heart attack or whatever, because it helped the hospital out get money because the hospitals are suffering because no one's coming in for operations or anything. They're all sick. Yeah. They're afraid they're going to catch it if they go in the hospital. Yeah. My buddy in Seattle was telling me he's a radiologist and uh, he's like, there's a there's a patient here. A doctor forced them to test him for COVID-19 12 times. 12 times because we get paid. So he's he, it's like the doctor's wishing that this fucking guy catches it. So he goes, he tested him 12 fucking times. He goes, it's lunacy. And I was like, well, yeah. that's the system, yo. Like, what do you, you know I'm going to do? That's just how it works. When you offer them money just to uh, announce something is there, what do you think they're going to do? They're going to fucking announce it. They're going to be like, yeah, this guy has it. Let me just give it to him. But I have a question. Let's say we all build the herd immunity and everything. We all build the antibodies. Why would we need a vaccine? We went, it's just going to take too long yeah. to get up to 70%. And we might be kill a lot, of, get a, a lot of people in the meantime. And a lot of people are going to die. Well, not a lot, but some people are going to die. Like the reason why Where this is, is happening, Poseidon, is is mostly it's to not kill people, especially old people. You know, they've 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 worked their whole fucking lives. They build everything for yeah. us, so we shouldn't just turn our back and murder them. Yeah. That, that's what that's what we're trying to do. That, that was the big deal. That's why here was embarrassing when the people that were dying <clears> were all the old folks' homes. We weren't taking care of them. And we were fucking, essentially, it was a death sentence. That's why it was embarrassing. Not because people died, because the people that were at risk, we didn't take care of them. And then we were all being like, hey, stay home, social yeah. distance for people that Montreal, aren't at risk. Montreal was such a fucking joke that everyone in our, our 30s and 40s were hiding in our basements while old people were fucking dying. Yeah. And we weren't doing shit. Yeah, like, stay home. We d we're doing yeah. this together. I was like, I we're doing this. this for you, Grandma. We can't visit you. <laughs> exactly. That's what happened. We didn't take care of the people that needed it. Yeah. And uh, but you know, have fun trying to get them to admit that now. Yeah. No. Yeah. They're saying like in the states, like forty percent of the deaths are from nursing homes. So we're talking over forty thousand people. Yeah, it's you know, terrible. They didn't protect them. They were sending them back in the nursing home if they if they had coronavirus. You know, from the hospital because they wanted those beds. They wanted it just available just in case. They had a bum rush of patients, so they'd send them back into their nursing home. That's just, a, you know, germs all over the place, spread right through those places. Yeah. It's killing, like, the dating pool for Poseidon just got squashed completely because of this shit. Wait, what? You're <laughs> saying <laughs> like I'm into old ladies? <laughs> I'm saying you're into what's available, Poseidon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever doesn't talk back. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, Jim, are you... Oh, uh, uh, right now, you're also podcasting, right? Yeah. How how do you enjoy it now that... Do you feel it's more of a necessity for comics? You're like, fuck, at this point, you guys have to have a podcast to get your word out there. Because I see a lot of people that I used to like, but they were only doing stand-up. They disappeared. Like, I haven't heard from them in months. Because they, they're not doing any podcasting. I don't know if that's going to hurt long-term. I don't think so. I think once everything gets back together, like a band goes away sometimes and that's just true. lays low and then they pop up. That's, that's a good and point. Then, I didn't think yeah. all of a sudden they got a new album and a tour and stuff. So I don't think, I think it's okay to go a little away for a little while. I was already doing a podcast, you know, before, before this. Yeah. So I just continued doing it, you know, same schedule and stuff like that. But I would, you know, I was in the beginning, I'm like, these comics got to relax. You don't have to all of a sudden do all of this stuff. It's going to be okay. People aren't, everybody's going through their own shit. They're not really worried about, you know, comedians that they see in clubs once a year when they come around in their town. 
<laughs> yeah. That's you know, the panic. That's not really yeah. on people's radar when they're, you know, they really think they're going to die from this thing. Yeah. Grandma's in critical condition. Is Kevin Hart coming or not? <laughs> <laughs> that's all they care about. Yeah. Like no, you're 100% right. Uh, I didn't even think about the band thing. That's actually good. This hiatus might even help some people. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I'm going over all old sets and going through old notebooks and just going, I have plenty of time to do it and just listening and, you know, ready to work on new material when I can get out there. I would have never got a chance to do all those stuff. I never had this free time. So maybe com- a lot of comics are writing jokes and, you know, really good jokes. Yeah. So I, I wonder if Kevin Hart has, I don't know if you guys saw the documentary series about Kevin Hart, oh, but yeah. he has his, he kind of lives with his uh, barber and his uh, hairstyle and his uh, trainer. I wonder if he let them go during the pandemic or a guy actually has to cut his fucking hair every day, but he can't see his family anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Know how shitty that life must be? That you're telling your wife, look, honey, I'm sorry, I can't see you. Mr. Hart needs his four o'clock haircut. (laughs) Oh, fuck, I didn't think about that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Do they live on his property or something? He built like houses for them or some shit? They they travel like in the I, I I don't know that much about them, but they travel with them. I was like, God damn, that is success. Yeah, that's when success. you're in your private jet with your barber. That's how often it. You need your haircut though. Yeah. yeah. How often is this happening? I was thinking the same thing. Like, he, do you need he it gets daily? His haircut every day. Really? Just so that uh, people, uh, so that his hair is always exactly the same. <laughs> but if you would do it every three days, would there be that much of a difference? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, what's the point? Not it really. feels like I mean, overkill. Like you could do every two weeks. You yeah. wouldn't even change in two weeks. You know how crazy that is, though? That like as a comic, the the best uh, you have to be able to relate to the audience. You know how fucking hard <laughs> it must be to relate to people when you get a haircut every day. <laughs> you know when in you're your on the jet with your jet? barber, right? You know what I'm talking about, lady in the front. Yeah, with no teeth. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so oh fucking stupid but that is success though that is amazing yeah i'm actually fucking pretty proud of him dude that's fucking that's not that's not an easy level of success that's mm. extreme yeah. right because yeah. you could be super that. successful and not have the the luxury of having your own private barber i cut my hair i've i've actually been cutting my hair myself even before the pandemic like i'm at the polar opposite of kevin hart <laughs> Yeah, you're, yeah, it's a, you're you know, Kevin Hartley. If, if he ever goes broke one day, he's going to like, man, I probably wasted. I probably shouldn't have taken my barber on tour with yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, that's the expense he's calculating. He's like, son of a yeah, bitch. Like, <laughs> <laughs> He'll be calling him. This is because of you, Alan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I gave you a five-star hotel. I didn't even need my haircut that weekend. And you <laughs> Fuck the yeah, that bill. Would suck. You, you're out of money. You're driving your old fucking... Uh, piece of shit car and you see your old barber in a brand new Corvette. <laughs> Gaina, you know how they have like the financial managers and they get the statements and then they got to check with you like, look, you don't really need to make that expense. Could you imagine getting that and calling Kevin Hart? It's like, I have one question for you, sir. Are you fucking serious? <laughs> that's it. That's all I have for you. Are you fucking serious? <laughs> He's like, well, look at this. That would be fucking amazing. But uh, yeah, no, and it's, I never it's thought not about just the it's not just a salary. It's the everything, you know, the, yeah, the, the meals, the, the jets, hotel, the meal, the, 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 yeah. the living conditions. That I've, Honestly, Mike, I mm-hmm. never thought about that. And 
I didn't know that he does this, but I knew somebody said to me yesterday that there's like certain houses that they, they built an extra house in front. So they have like the security living there. And I misunderstood. Yeah. I thought, okay, they just go in and when they're working, there's a guy in Montreal here beside him. You, you know, I'm talking about yesterday on, uh, on Gwen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, and he has that. And I thought it's just like they go for their shift, but apparently the security guards live there. And then that just raised more questions. I was like, well, you can't have a family and live with another dude in his family in the same house. So are these just single young dudes that live there? One works one day. Like how the fuck, like a campus? Like how the fuck does that work if you live there? And why do you have to live there? Why can't you live at home and just go do your shift? Yeah. Well, just I guess, I'm guessing the reason why they have it like that is so even let's say just in case they're off shift, if anything happens, they could still, you know what I mean? Yeah, but then do you have no life. They're like, like voluntary firemen. Imagine I doing guess. that to a comedian. You just live in the in, in the, the fucking in the attic of a comedy club. And like Florentine didn't show up. Get down here. <laughs> just no, no, I was thinking, I was thinking like you have your regular shifts, like say you work eight hours a day. Yeah. But let's say I don't know, later on when you're playing PlayStation or whatever, video games, or you're with a girl, I don't know. Um, I like how you assume that all security lives your life. You're playing yeah. some video no. games, and maybe if you got yeah. lucky that week, you had enough money for a girl. No, no. Just an example, right? And uh I don't know, something happens, someone tries to break in, then yeah. The security guy, he's there, you know? Even though he's yeah, not yeah. there, he's there. But I'm saying, isn't that weird for you as a worker? As an, Like, you can't live yeah. your own life. What if you want to leave at that couldn't, moment? Couldn't you have a gate with an alarm and let your security guy have an apartment nearby? <laughs> <laughs> like, and the alarm rings, you hide in, in your basement, and then he shows up three minutes later. Like, I don't yeah. need my security guy to be in my awesome. fucking yard. Well, yeah, living on the lawn. The yeah. guy building is like, sir, I don't think you thought this through. No, I've thought it through. I've thought that's it through. Just <laughs> a, that's a very power move. That's a piece of, like, that you want to show the security guy, you're kind, I own you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Fuck, 100%. That'd be great, like, if he's single and, you know, he wants to hang out with a chick, he's like, look, I can't go out, but you can come here. He doesn't have to take her anywhere. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Just get some friggin' delivery and stuff. That'd be great. Like, I can't leave. The alarm rings. Art show, you know, but I can't. She shows up. She sees an amazing mansion. She's like, oh, fuck, you live there? No, I live in the shed. <laughs> <laughs> I can fuck you on the stepladder if you want. <laughs> oh, yeah, God. we can oversee the house. We just look at it from a distance. <laughs> Babe, this could be your oh, future. Man. If you want to be my girlfriend, you could stare at that house your whole life. How do you build a family? Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Then again, why am I assuming? Like, I'm assuming this guy's life. Like, he wants to start a family. Yeah. This guy's just me like, fuck it. I have a place to live. I'm doing security. No one's robbing yeah. this place. Uh, plus, probably the head of security has his own house, I imagine. Because that's not the type. Like, if you have to live in, in a shed in front of a millionaire's house, <laughs> you're not going to do that for 20 years. No. You'll get tired of it after a year and a half. You'll be like, fuck that guy. You know what, though? The fact that we've come this far, that there are millionaires that have people living in sheds in front of their house, this is why people <laughs> are mad. This is, <laughs> this is why people are angry. <laughs> we fucked up somewhere. <laughs> it shouldn't be like this. <laughs> we ruined it. Oh, God. Was that bad? And I don't know why I picture it as an actual shed, that there's a beautiful mansion, but the guy was like, fuck it, I'm going to skimp on the price of, of the house for my security guys. So it's just a piece of shit shack in front of his house. I want the shit, yeah, but I'm not going over budget. Driving by. 
people drive by and that's what they see like this fucking little shit yeah. <laughs> behind this mansion like shouldn't the mansion be in the front yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck is this? yeah. he's trying to save money on property taxes <laughs> oh, God. yeah he just writes in the shed every year <laughs> that's his address he has to get his mail there <laughs> just to bring the property value down yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he the, has to the get security his mail guards there. complaining so the owner just smacks on some lights to make it look prettier <laughs> Oh, besides, we, we, we were having a great oh, time well, with I this bit. You killed the joke. I killed the joke. You murdered comedy. You, you did what your mother should have done 26 years ago. So here's oh, the thing. Here's, <laughs> Jim, uh, it's going to be in the description, but I want to remind people, where do you want them to find you? Where should they go? Well, I do my podcast every Monday and Thursday. Everybody is awful. Yeah. It's on Barstool Sports. You get it wherever you get podcasts. And uh, yeah, I don't know, my website. JimFlorentine.com and whatever, and all the shit's there. Yeah, and if you're not going to remember, just click on the description. Just go fucking find it. Click on it. It's going to be the first thing up there. Uh, go to Jim's website. Fucking check out the Twitter. Subscribe to the podcast. Don't act like you, you have enough podcasts to listen to. You know there's always fucking more, all right? And this is a podcast you should be listening to. There are always more. I, I listen to a ton of them. I love them. I got them, you know, always loaded, ready to go. And I do two a week, so, you know, if they're into it. Two a week is good because people complain. Like us, we we did two a week for a while. Now we do one. And that's the only complaint I ever hear is that. It's like, how come you guys don't put a second one? How come you guys don't put a second one? But it's hard, especially now that we don't, we're not in the studio anymore. We're doing it through fucking yeah. Skype. And it doesn't have the same feel. Like, you know, if right now we we're in the same room, the four of us, it would be way fucking better seeing mm -hmm. each other shooting the shit. Mm -hmm. So it, it's harder to get that rapport. So we don't want to do two a week and then look back at it in a year and be like, fuck, remember those shit times? Wait till things get <laughs> no, back to normal. Right. You're right. So, so you guys used to do two a week though, until uh, until everything happened. Uh, actually, a month a month or two before, we used to release like one full episode and then one shorter one. Uh, one full episode on Friday and then one shorter one. And then uh, we said, let's just focus on one for a bit. And then we got the complaint of you should do two. And then we talked about it. We're like, well, maybe we'll see what our schedule is like. Maybe we'll release two. And then this happened, so we never even talked about it. We just said, yeah. fuck it. We'll stick to one, and we'll try our best with Skype, Look. Zoom. Two, you know, one sometimes a pain in the ass getting everyone together and you know having fresh topics to talk about. Two is a bigger pain in the ass. Yeah, especially with us because way more of a commitment. You, you, it's doubly the commitment, basically. How often do you like to get guests on your show? I don't do guests. I do it solo. There we go. You solved one of yeah. one of your biggest fucking problems. Is that us? Because we're in Montreal and there's not that many comedians here. So if we would only depend on guests the show would run we'd flat really quickly because yeah. we'd be yeah. fucked. At least in New York, even if you want to do something guest-driven, people are in and out. There's someone. Yeah. Us, it's even harder. So we said, fuck it, depend on ourselves. Just be funny. And uh, it's the only thing you can do because we, we were handicapped in the beginning. We wanted to make it a guest show. And we realized two, three episodes in, we're like, we're going to run out of guests in a week. So, um, yeah. You yeah, well, I knew I, I, when I started, I was like, I don't want to worry about booking comedians or whatever, and then they don't show up and yeah. I'm traveling. And I got to get on my off day, try to find this guy in New York. And he does, he blows me off. So I could just do my podcast. I do it wherever I did it. I always did it on the road in a hotel room at my house or whatever. I was doing the studio until everything got shut down, but for Barstool. So um, I just made it easier on myself, not really worrying about guests. It was the smartest move. That's what, uh, yeah. we're lucky that we did that. Cause we've discussed it many times. Like, fuck, imagine in Montreal trying to get a new guest all the time. Who's coming here that often? That yeah. we're going to get a lot of comics up here. If it's not doing just for laughs, most of you guys are down. We always see you guys when we come down. It's very rare to see you guys other point, parts of the year here. Yeah. Uh, it would have been impossible. No, ever since Shimbo's room closed at Comedy Works, I would go up there once a year. I haven't been up there probably 
six, seven years or something in Montreal. Really? I, I've heard that from comics that they've never even um, thought about the nest, the comedy nest here. It's, it's the one English club we have, or they've never um, been approached or they never thought. I don't know. Maybe fucking because Mike has his own club. He actually has a second one opening up. We should think about fucking uh, English just bringing all our friends yeah. up for shows. Because Mike's oh, I would love to do it. It's only like a five, six hour drive, you know, from New York, New Jersey area up to Montreal. It's an easy ride. And there's a lot of New Yorkers that we know, like uh, stand up that are, you guys are fucking good. So it would be, yeah. it's not a bad We'd idea. We'd love to have you when uh, when all this shit is over. I would love to. I yeah. know it's one of my favorite cities to perform in. I always love Montreal. It's just a great city, too. Yeah, it's fun. But you know what I think? I think because when you'd come in the summer, let's say if it was like doing a festival, I think it's funner because you see everyone that you don't see throughout the year because it's rare that, you know, everyone's in the same place at the same time. So I think that adds to it because I know for me, it's a special feeling too because, you know, the summer is the only time where everyone's at the same fucking spot. Yeah. Yeah. So, But it's not to say it's not fun during the year, especially if you're with us. You're going to have a fucking good time, Jim. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> that goes without question. But uh, so check out Jim Florentine. Uh, Mr. Mike Ward, anything you want me to remind people apart from Mike Ward, CA, uh, Sous Écoute, which is the number one French language comedy podcast on the planet right now. So if you speak French, yeah. go check out Mike's French podcast. He's just fucking tearing it up. Uh, you can find Poseidon at the Poseidon 69 and at your local brothel, uh, possibly committing hate crimes outside of it as well. Or sliding down like a retarded seven year old. Yeah, <laughs> that's where you're going to find him. So that's it. Thank you guys for uh, and, listening, uh, for Pantel's watching. Comedy, oh, uh, PantelsComedy.com for all of my stuff. You guys know uh, where to find it. Uh, find me on Twitter. It doesn't matter. Just go to the website. So Jim Florentine, thank you for doing this. And thank you guys for checking this out. And remember, guys, go fuck yourselves. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 